0: I'm ready. I'm ready when you're ready. That's Chris. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Yeah. I don't know what they want me to say. <laughs> that should be part of the introduction right there. Shit. <laughs> okay, we ready. What's happening? I'm writer, researcher, and professor, Dr. Regina Bradley. I'm music journalist Christina Lee from
1: WABE and PRX. This is Bottom of the Map, taking hip hop conversation in a new direction.
0: What's going on, Miss Chris?
1: How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for what we're going to talk about, trap music. All trap, everything. I mean, we're going to be talking about the origins, how trap became shorthand
0: for a drug house here in Southern Hip Hop. How trap decided to become mobile and become popularized and just kind of extend everywhere outside the city of Atlanta and Memphis, depending on who you're talking to. And not only that, but how the trap has gone beyond Hip hop music to pop up in the most unconventional places. Like you, you are a survivor of trap Pilates, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But first, one One, more, one more. Okay, so this is the
1: Trap Music Museum out of Atlanta, Georgia. This was opened last year to honor the 15-year anniversary of TI's own trap music. Damn,
0: it was 15. Yeah, it was 15. Mm -hmm. Oh, three, Mm yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's let's walk people. Through the museum, for those who haven't been yet.
0: So you get there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm, and you walk up in there, and it's like a, a corner store. It's like some old hood shit corner store, right? It's not like, the High Museum of Art, no. No, 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 no. You walk up in there, and, you know, you see, like, your favorite snacks on the wall. You got uh-huh. your little bit of, you know, drink over there and then you walk through the doors, and... Hi, my name is Cece, I work at the Trap Music Museum. Right now, we have a few exhibits. Our main one are usually the Gucci Man Kitchen, where it shows like, you know, what he used to go through, um, kind of like a replica of what his life used to be before he got famous. Also, the uh, snow room, which is our biggest one. We have big bricks of fake, fake, I repeat, fake cocaine. <laughs> and um, it's just a, you know, a tribute to him, also a big snowman. And our newest one is the 2 Chains. We actually um, recreated it for his new fifth studio album, Rapper Go to the League. And it features the pink car that was uh, featured on the pink house, pink trap house. And, um, you know, a lot of different things bring this place together, but those are probably our main three right now. But, yeah, but it's also kind of dope, too, because you get towards the back of the museum and it's more contemporary folks who are doing traps. amigos, yeah. Future, you know. All them folks. Let me ask you this, though. So why do you think that there was a need? Do you think there was a need? For a trap museum.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Why come? Well, first of all, I mean, apparently T.I. has a gripe in which he had to remind folks that he was the first to put trap music as the name of an album, let alone coin the term.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We can get into all that. We can fact check it all we want. Right. Um, but I think we've gotten into a really interesting point in our culture where trap has come to mean a lot of other things besides being a critical site
0: for Southern hip hop storytelling. I'm just really fascinated by this idea that the trap has become mobile, in ways that move away from you know what I would argue is this initial purpose. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you're thinking about somebody like a UGK with pocket full of stones in 1992, that was like proto-trap. And then you get to the Soul Food album in
2: 1995. Man, Told me keep two, bring him back eight, and I only brought him five and stuck his ass for three. Think the goons on me? See, home. That's, my
0: that's the first time that i can remember hearing this articulation of the trap in the way that we kind of understood it to be when ti dropped the 2003 um joint so he branded it Absolutely. as trap but i also i have always thought that there is a connection to southern hip-hop mm-hmm. and you know i'm a georgia girl all day so i'm team atlanta so that was like, oh, okay. But if I was to talk to somebody, like my people in them from Memphis, uh-huh, they'll be like, oh, hell no, that was definitely some 3-6 shit. It's interesting how even in Southern hip hop trap is articulated in these really different ways, but nothing compared to like how it's become mainstream in Absolutely. such a way that completely negates what it was doing earlier
1: yeah absolutely i mean trap has evolved to edm it's evolved to katy perry i mean on the way over here i was listening to ariana grande's thank you next mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. if you listen to the whole entire things has the same sort of 808s and percussion fills that have come to inform trap as a production like style guys, yeah. Yeah. Shoot, it's become a lot more abstract in that sense, and now we're at the point where on Saturday I went to my first Trap Pilates and class. You barely survived. I barely survived. none of this you know zen garden shit or anything like that you know basically i go in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we're already doing like planks to like blue faces right we're doing stuff to the new iggy azalea song the part where i knew i was going to die <laughs> when did you see yourself die was when we started doing sumo squats to bitch i might be by gucci Mane. Wow. And I could barely keep up. So the instructor's like, hey, hey, hey. And she's trying to get us to yell at the same time. And meanwhile, I'm just like,
2: "Uh,
0: uh, uh, I'm trying to die. So basically, she was like, is you squatting? Bitch, I might be. Is you rolling?
2: Is you rolling? Bitch, I might be. Bitch, I might be. Bitch, I might be.
1: That's the place that we're at right now, where trap Pilates is in existence, trap brunch is in existence, uh, trap karaoke is in existence. You know, it's gotten to a place where I think for all these folks who are notably like Black entrepreneurs, that they're having to carve out their own space in what should otherwise be like mundane Sunday activities. You know, who wouldn't want to go to brunch? But they're coming from the perspective of, oh, we need a trap brunch because we don't see ourselves welcome in these particular spaces. These events, they want to signify that they're catering to, like, this younger, hipper crowd, but they don't want to say younger and hipper. So the easy way
0: for to connote that, I think, is with Trap. So instead of saying black, they you say want to trap. say Trap. Exactly. But see, here's the thing, though, right? So, like, the thing that's interesting with me about that is is that the folks who are actually in this culture, the folks who actually live this life, mm-hmm. are not being invited to Trap brunch or trap karaoke, right? It's like it becomes a trend in such a way that it becomes problematic because, yeah, it might be hip and fun and, and you know connotates kind of a particular sort of experience, but it also erases the actual very real realities of folks who are living in these spaces who are being overlooked in favor of of this trend. Like, I think that's the the challenge is that yeah, you can have a trap brunch, but I mean, like you know, who specifically are you catering to? Mm-hmm. And usually, the folks that you are catering to. Are are middle upper class college educated folks and i think that we need to kind of complicate not necessarily bring folks back to the trap like actually have a real ass brunch in like a bando like you know you don't want roaches crawling over your eggs benedict you know what i'm saying but i mean it's 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 an important conversation to have is to Recognize, at least recognize that the way that we are commodifying and capitalizing upon this idea of trap, these trap aesthetics that we're celebrating, um, are still connected to a very real uh, lifestyle and reality that folks are living on a daily basis.
1: And you know, honestly, we could be a little bit more creative with our marketing should we choose to.
0: Right. Everything ain't got to be trap, folks. I came up in the era of, you know, trap was talked about, but you didn't actually have a location to go and visit like 2 Chains' trap house.
1: Let's talk about, tra- you've been there, right?
0: Yeah, Okay. so it was like, you know, he did it for, he did it as promotion for Pretty Girls Like Trap. And it was like this big ass, Pink it, was, house. it was
1: a house that he had rented off of Howl Mill, like mm-hmm. a white bungalow that he painted Pepto-Bismol pink. Mm-hmm. Initially, just to promote his album. And it became this thing. A community center, practically. Mm-hmm. It became a tourist site. You know, there was a I box. they had church. They had Trap Church. They had Trap Sip and
0: Paint. Uh-huh. They trap ha- Church, Trap Sip and Paint. And, and real shit, I think they also had like... Like health screenings, like free medical HIV screenings. testing, yeah, that's fire though. When you make the trap applicable uh-huh. to a to a community concern, I'm with that. It's like The Price Is Right. Christina Lee, come on down dun, dun, to dun, play dun, this dun, next dun, round dun, dun, of. Dun. Things that don't fit in the trap, <laughs> according to Dr. Bradley. Are you ready, Christina? I'm ready. All right. Let's make some money. Your first question. Which one of these three things does not fit into the trap? Okay. Bando. Okay. Baking soda. Okay. Katy Perry.
1: Oh, this is where the trap years came out. Mm-hmm. Trap years jumped out today. Yeah, she I came kn- out swinging. You I, hear me? I know what you want me to say. However...
0: What do you mean, what I want you to say? I gave you two things that are part of the trap. And you, <laughs> you you're trying to put Katy Perry in the bando?
1: But that's what I'm saying that trap music has, that's how trap music has become mainstream. You know what I mean? I think trap music became part of our pop music lexicon in part. Because Katy Perry decided to feature Juicy J on a single called Dark Horse.
2: She's a beast. I call her Karma. She eats your heart out like Jeffrey Dahmer. Be careful. Try not to lead her own. Shorty heart is on because her love is so strong.
0: I wish you could see my face, America. don't quite fit in the trap according to dr bradley i just can't get into fatty wops trap queen (laughs) like i had a full-on meltdown when somebody asked me about this and i can finally articulate why now okay 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 hear me out hear me out all right hear me out before you write me off before i fight all right yep because i'm not suggesting that love doesn't exist in the trap because you know you got the brotherly love you know what i'm saying super producer floyd say like babies are being born in the trap babies ain't coming through storks you know what i'm saying bullet hole storks you know what i mean but the the romance like he's romancing this girl uh-huh with drug like drug cultures like you're gonna be my side you're gonna whip up the pot you're gonna do all and i'm just they're like, in
1: this hustle together it's starting another mom and pop shop a mom and pop shop yeah,
2: the whipping. She we be counting up. go. We just set it go. Talking about the 56 I'm I swear.
0: I just can't get with that. I just can't get with the with this idea of let me pitch the woo. Let me pitch the woo to you using the trap.
1: But these songs that you the trap purist Mm-hmm. Do not like whether that is a dark horse or that there's a trap queen. I really think that those songs are the inflection point by which like trap okay. music culture has become the corner. mainstream. Because I really can't imagine another time where somebody like a Fetty Watt would join Taylor Swift on stage during the 1989 World Tour to where both of them are singing Trap Queen, right? um And I mean, Taylor there's,
0: Swift is singing Trap Queen? You haven't seen this? I rest my case. <laughs> we can we can keep it we can keep it moving um no so but i mean like but can you talk a little bit about like what what that significance is and turning the corner especially coming at it from from your perspective as a journalist like Mm -hmm. when do you when do you think that trap really was like oh this is something that we need to really hone in on and write about talk about and and redefine for like a mainstream audience
1: yeah absolutely um i think the moment where we had to recognize this being a thing is when it started to exist beyond those spaces and it did Mm. become like um it it did influence like edm music you know and to some conversations among the hip-hop space as well as to like it really kind of led to all these conversations as to who this music like really belongs to so who,
0: who who do you think it belongs to
1: I mean, I think it absolutely belongs to the South, Mm -hmm. and I think we're at a point where even though I think the internet has boosted our accessibility to different types of music, and the point Mm -hmm. where you know trap music is more or less easily produced with the sort of technology that we have, we're still in a space where I think it all kind of comes back to Atlanta, that even though you may be from the other side of the world, you have to acknowledge where it comes from.
0: So when we have these ideas and conversations about trap, Um, I think it's important to recognize that different trap rappers focus on different elements of the trap so when you have a T.I. he's bringing that humanistic element to it where he's talking about these human experiences this introspective experience while still being like I'm still king of the south but I'm also dealing with this really grown ass man shit that I can't really talk about in other spaces and DJ Toomp helped him to do that like there's a particular sound that was associated with an I'm serious and a trap music and then when you get to somebody like a Jeezy and Shouty Red like folks don't have enough conversations about Shouty Red's contributions to this like sonic element of what the trap does. He brought that grit. So like when you listen to bottom of the map, yeah that's where we got our name from bottom of the <laughs> map. I mean like it's it's this echo that's like starts the song. It's almost like you're descending. It's almost like a descent. Hey into you like you know what it is like it's like oh, for real it's almost like a descent into the trap and it's not going to be this nice easy fun thing a-
2: a- hey hey let's get it it's young jiffer from the body mother map got to fit round clip on the of mother strap y'all ain't know what it is get your hood up yourself i do it for the trappers with
0: Zaytoven for example brings that bounce to it and you're like oh so you can have a little bit of fun in the trap at least let your trunk knock a little bit
2: Zay got the motherfucking bass thumping
0: So I think it's important that we complicate what the sounds of the trap do in addition to what transpired and what turned the corner, if you will, about what mainstream think trap is and what it's not.
1: Man, and this is all before, you know, Travis Scott had trap sounding like a Calabasas Coke party, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Something I want to ask you is, you know, kind of help me out with with my professorisms (laughs) is if I think about like a timeline and trying to plug in acts in a timeline for how trap has evolved into what we know now. Mm -hmm. Like you would definitely put, you know, UGK, like I said, Um, but where would you put folks who... Aren't necessarily like immediately thought about as as trap artists like a masterpiece, yeah. Cash Money, uh-huh. right? Um, three Six Mafia, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and even like Rick Ross to to an extent oh, is boy. talking about like uh you know super producer Floyd called it the luxury trap, which is <laughs> which is dope, right? So I'm just kind of curious to kind of hear your thoughts about how do these folks fit into this larger conversation about not only just trap but how trap has turned the corner in popular culture.
1: Well, it's absolutely not a stretch. You know, um, I mean, for Master P, I think trap music certainly inherited like his independent hustle, his Avon Lady hustle, as the Mm -hmm. way he put it in uh, Solange's album. Mm -hmm. I think with Three Six Mafia, I mean, Juicy J in particular is just drinking like the fountain of youth because he and his production style just continue to be relevant to this day. Like there, I don't think there's been a year that has passed since trap music's inception. Like where 36 Mafia doesn't get sampled or mm-hmm. doesn't get referenced or doesn't even show up as like a production reference point, you know what I mean? Like all that foundational stuff is still there. If you were to put on Tear the Club Up now, it's gonna sound like it came out of 2019, just as it did the year that it came out.
0: Well, I think that's a really good point. And the other point that I'm also thinking about too is this idea of gangster music that came out of the South mm-hmm. before it was labeled trap. Mm-hmm. Like, how do we? How do we? you know coincide the two like how do we put them in conversation with each other Mm -hmm. and i because i think one of the things that's important in thinking about southern hip-hop is that one subgenre is always feeding off of the other so like i explained it to my students that there are multiple souths Mm -hmm. and multiple southern sounds and multiple experiences and that the music captures that complexity yeah and it just kind of shifts a little bit but i think that you know it kind of goes back to this conversation about you know like corner music Mm -hmm. trap and gangster music Mm -hmm. like can you have country fried gangsters yeah you can have country (laughs) fried gangsters but does their sound necessarily dictate them in a way that distinguishes them from other regions of the country like what do you think about that
1: well i think trap music is very much part of that you know gangster music lineage like i don't think there's any denying of that fact Mm -hmm. i think trap the way that i sort of see it is sort of like another era of that. Because I think like, you know, the drug the drug dealer narrative, that's as timeless of an American story as it has ever been. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, Scarface was just one iteration of it. And we're talking about both the Al Pacino variety and the Brad Jordan variety, right? Right. You know, so I think it's all it's all already in conversation with one another.
0: So if I was like you know, OG trap folks, proto trap folks. I would definitely put like UGK in that conversation. Absolutely. Um Backbone from the Dungeon Family. You know, Concrete Law was, was definitely trapped before we could recognize it. Uh, cool, trays
1: was like a proto trap oh yeah, in my opinion. Definitely,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you also got like Gucci Mane, your Ti's, your Jeezy's So help me, help me fill in the blanks with like the newer version. Who else? Who else would would go there? And like, did they arrive when, uh, as you're kind of pointing out, it turned the corner? So like Amigos, for example. Uh huh. Like what what is it about the Amigos that folks are really like just gung ho on this? They are. Uh huh. Like nothing, trap. <laughs>
2: Chop shit. No. 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 No, no. No. Up early in the morning trapping. Chop, chop. You can get them on your asking. i mean the chickens. You can get them whichever way. Nigga, trap turns Zach.
1: I think Migos comes from a space where they're able to sort of like play on the trap music tropes and do it in sort of like a pop art way. Like if they're picking up from where Gucci Mane left off, mm-hmm. as far as like really having fun with the actual metaphor. So mm-hmm. it's like they sort of understand that. You know that the kitchen is there. You know you're going to be talking about baking soda, but how did they end up phrasing it? They phrase it as "birds in the trap," saying Brian McKnight. Mm-hmm. That's that's you know a Quavo lyric from like a Travis, from the Travis Scott album of the same name. But
0: didn't Travis Scott name his album that?
1: He did. He did. But it stemmed from a Quavo lyric. So I think we're at this point where, like a lot of trap musicians, are just using the trap. As sort of like their actual playground. Mm-hmm. You know, they're using these tropes to kind of like, you know, flex their own lyrical dexterity and things like that to where I think it's just, um, it's a well worn genre at this point,
2: you know? Mm.
0: The line between being the dealer and being the user is completely gone. We have to address that, right? So it's like when we think about a trap music, a thug motivation 101, what happens when the thug starts to use his own shit? Like he starts to use his own supply and becomes a user and and a dealer. So, I mean, like you have to put in conversations, Chris, like Travis Scott. You have this Houston native Mm -hmm. um, borrowing all these sound signifiers,
1: which we become familiar. But lyrically speaking, it's really hard to distinguish whether he's talking about some relationship go on wrong or mm. whether he's talking about you know some psychedelics gone wrong
2: right
1: you have the same sort of uh conflicted narrative with futures ds2 right because you know often you know he is reflecting upon, you know, how this drug dealer come up is like really hard, you know, for like his native Kirkwood. But the way that the production has evolved to like, you know, feature like Southside and Metro Boomin, you honestly feel like you're on a bender like whenever you're listening to something like that. So those lines have become
0: increasingly blurred as Trap has ascended to the mainstream. I mean, for the uninitiated, DS2 is Dirty Sprite 2, which was his first, <laughs> you know, you gotta explain it to the people. That's you know, true. What the, the Dirty Sprite, there's Dirty Sprite 1, and then he came out with Dirty Sprite 2. And it was like, if you didn't understand and love Dirty Sprite 1, you can't appreciate DS2. So there's that. Except you can. It's you like really it. can.
2: <laughs> I just did a Dota for the tripper. I just pour this lean in my cup like a good. I just need a whole lot of drugs in my system I just try acid for the first time, I feel good Treasure, brain, misery, codeine in my delivery I pulled up in a big beef, swearing like a hippie Moving with the dopers and pushers in the rope
0: it's it's just such an interesting conversation to have particularly now we're in this moment of like social media and the internet Uh where you know once upon a time when these songs were really coming out and being produced as like new shit it was so significant to represent where you are from in ways that you don't necessarily have to represent now and the Migos come to mind for me because if I'm thinking about Trap as an export of Atlanta music Mm -hmm. not knocking them but that's Gwinnett like I'm not necessarily thinking that Gwinnett is automatically connected to you know this like mm-hmm. the 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 literal space that mm-hmm. this is coming out of i mean especially when they let go you know then when they when they downvoted letting marta come out there <laughs> i'm like oh yeah that's real trap shit right there it's like you're going to have to move the bricks through lift you know uh-huh. what i'm saying um but I, I i think that's a really good point and i kind of want to push you on that a little bit is is thinking about how the ways that we engage these ideas of trap uh huh Like what makes it like what makes trap still significant? Like what is is there a need to think about trap still being significant as it relates to being Southern? Like does it have to stay in the South to be like trap? I think it. Hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean to your point about Migos, Mm -hmm. you know, I think Migos speaks to the idea of an evolving Atlanta. Okay, in the sense that um, Migos speaks to a demographic shift. They speak about the plug being Vietnamese, and they and they call themselves Migos because of the increasingly diversifying. You know uh, populations that they're seeing on a day to day basis. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why Gwinnett County is now a majority minority county, and I think mm. Migos, you know, whether deliberately or not, kind of speaks to that existence. Um, so as as crazy as it may seem, like Migos does speak to a reality that I don't think Ti necessarily could have imagined. Okay, um, and then I guess to your second point. Um, I think for sure, you know, trap music in particular is always going to be in conversation with a narrative that is rooted in the South. Um, but I suppose that, you know, with the stuff, with something like a, you know, a trap and sip and pain and whatever, like the, the underlying story is one about, you know, moving, like making the most of what you have. Mm-hmm. And it's about like, it's really about, I guess, just like, Recognizing the humanity that comes yes. with, like the American struggle,
0: mm-hmm. and how that American struggle looks based on region. Like I know mm-hmm. folks don't want to have that conversation, but the American dream for Southerners is different than Mm -hmm. the rest of the world on the one hand we're still battling our demons from the past like we're still trying to figure out what our next moves are and one of the things that stands out to me about you know kind of like those origin points of trap is that it does show the the humanity especially if you're listening to a tip or a Jeezy they show you that humanity of these folks who are living this on a daily basis like this isn't just a a drive-by type of experience this Mm -hmm. is like how do I sustain myself not only myself but those my around me, my boys, my people, my dudes, um, and and still, like, try to make this money and get this American dream. Because the American dream isn't necessarily, you know, manifest destiny uh-huh. in the trap. Uh-huh. The American dream is just, I need enough more than enough money to get by.
1: Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um,
0: and one thing that I think is interesting about the concept of trap is, you know, when you're able to, like, jump in and leave out. hmm And that's not the initial... Pr- it's... That's not called a trap. That's a two-way street. That's a two-way door. A trap means that you're in and that's it. And you try to make do by any means, like hustle by any means. Exactly. And it's like, it's fascinating to me that you have a lot of artists who are kind of working through these things and it's and it's starting to make me wonder about can you age out of the trap? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like can you can you age out of the trap or does that like start some other type of conversation for the folks who I tried to get out did I want to get out uh-huh. and now that I'm hitting 40 yeah. 50 uh-huh. 60 uh-huh. you know am I still gonna be on the corner? Am I still gonna be carrying these bricks along with like you know my AARP card <laughs> to get my discount? Uh-huh. Like how does that like how does that work? So I guess what I'm asking is, you know, the way that trap is established now, do you still feel like it's represented as like a young man's game?
1: I don't think so at all. Well, I mean for one thing, Jay Z never aged out of the corner. He always minds his past for inspiration to kind of remind himself of where he came from. Is he reminding himself or his or his his fans? I think it's both mm-hmm. I think it's both that's to be fair but I think the artist that really sort of epitomizes like this collision of like past and present and how those are always going to be inextricably linked mm-hmm. is 2 Chains. is Pretty Girls Like Trap Music because I really listened to that album earlier today mm-hmm. the album always comes back to a Riverdale road mm-hmm. it always comes back to burglar bars it, it it's interesting because it's. It feels like part survivor's guilt, part mm. reminder of how far he's come, and it serves as partially as a reminder, it's like, well, I've earned this, you know what I mean? Like, I've earned the right to dress up like the lavender codeine cowboy that I am today with the Louis Vuitton, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, fanny pack and all that stuff. It's not a clear-cut answer, but I think he kind of speaks to how all that has to coexist.
0: If the trap has gone, you know, mobile and global, right, um, I guess the other question would be, do you think it's going to go in the way of other genres of music? So, for example, we were talking to one of our other producers, Christine, right? Mm -hmm. And she was talking about the significance of punk rock and how punk rock initially started as an underground, um, very, like, audience-specific type of music, and then it kind of collapsed on itself. Um, So, you know, Chris, do you think that's going to happen with trap? I mean, like, do you think that trap has become popular enough that it won't collapse on itself?
1: I don't think trap is gonna go by the way a punk Regina, where it become it comes to mean one thing, which Mm -hmm. is a you know an a countercultural answer to what's happening in the mainstream, saying that it's like Mm anti-establishment. But then it evolves to a space where like it just is completely meaningless. Like you know it's an antiquated you know, term for what's going to be described as like hip and, you know, with it and things like that.
2: Mm. I think
1: trap is always going to be in conversation with the roots that you're talking about. The thing about punk and the reason why it died was because it was too constrained by like its old ideas within himself. It was mm. too restricted to very certain sound signifiers. It was too restricted to the fact that there had to be three to five white dudes in it, right? Like trap music is has gone so far beyond that point Mm -hmm. um like i think the traps mainstream rise has kind of gone to show how universal it could be but Mm -hmm. also in how it can be by speaking to something very very specific and i think that's because you know the folks that are creating the music have allowed it to grow and change Um, to the point where I think a lot of folks can come to it and relate to it and have all these different entry points. But at the same time, it is so specific because they always kind of bring it back to this Southern hip-hop narrative.
0: There it is.
2: Thank you for listening to Bottom of the Map brought to you by W A B E N P R X. and P-R-X. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. It'll help more people find this show. Follow Bottom of the Map on your social media platforms at Pod. Again, that's Pod. Follow, subscribe, connect. Holla. Bottom of the Map is hosted by Christina Lee, and Dr. Regina Bradley. Produced by Floyd Hall, that's me, edited by Stephen Key. Our executive producers are Ja'Ann Berry and Christine Dempsey. Ayanna Taylor is our project manager. Our theme music is produced by Smith and Cash. Special thanks to Mike Johns and Lois O.G. Writes. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation Funded by the American people.
0: I love you, Roy.